welcome this morning, whether you're here in person at uh, 59 Henry Street at the Hilton Community Center, or you're joining us on Facebook Live, or you're listening to our podcast, the one on the right, Justin. No, no, no. Yep. Caleb, that's perfect. Thank you. He's got a... He's got a beard. He's got a gray T-shirt on. He does have hair. He does have hair. <laughs> well, we just want to say uh, welcome uh, to LifeQuest Community Church. And um, this morning we're going to continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And last week we talked about rotten fruit and what kind of fruit comes off of you when people bump into you? Uh, is, it, is it rotten fruit or is it good fruit? And this morning we're going to talk about how do, we, how do we have that good fruit? How do, we, how do we have that connection with God so that we can produce good fruit? And then really ultimately, whose fruit is it? Because sometimes I think when we, we hear the fruits of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We think of those things as those are all positive things that I want to add to my life so that I become a better person. And the fruits of the Spirit aren't things that we get to add to a backpack of here are the things that I get to have in my life. The fruits of the Spirit are given to us so that we can be a blessing to those that God brings us into contact with. That's why when, when Paul is writing in Galatians 5, he, he lays a whole list of, this is how you're supposed to treat each other. Here are all the ways that you're blowing it. Here's all the rotten fruit in your life. But these are the kinds of things that should be coming out of your life when you interact with other people. And it's not for your benefit. It's for His benefit. It's for the people's benefit that you come in contact with. And it's to bring glory to Him because they're His fruits, not ours. Does that make sense? This morning when we woke up, my wife asked me, why is there a tire in the middle of our backyard? Hmm. Why is there a tire in the middle of my backyard? So if you have been to my house in the last 10 years, there used to be a, a tree house in our backyard. And uh, from that tree house was a zip line that ran out into the woods behind our shed. And uh, my, my friend, uh, our neighbors helped me install that, that zip line, which was incredibly dangerous and probably not so smart as we are up on a ladder that's extended as far as that ladder can go and then drilling a hole all the way through that tree and then running a, a cable from the tree that's close to the house to probably 30, 40 yards out into the woods to another tree, uh, drilling a hole through that one, and, uh, and then taking that cable. And then with a zip line, you want to pull the tension out of it so that it doesn't sag because otherwise you jump on it and you hit the ground as soon as you hit that first stretch of sag. And so what my friend Jeff and I did was um, we needed to pull the, the tension on that line. And normally you would use a tool called a come-along, where it's kind of like this ratchet for pulling tension on lines. But there was no tree in the woods in direct line behind where our end tree was. 
to connect it to to pull the tension, to pull the slack out of the line. So what we did was we attached another cable to our cable and we put it over the roof of my garage out into the driveway. And then we attached that cable to the frame of his truck. And then he drove out into the street to pull the tension on those cables while I was standing on top of the ladder with a with a uh, socket wrench cranking down all of those things. It was dumb. So apparently what happened this morning with all of the wind, it, it ripped the buckle off of the end of the cable that was on the tree out in the woods and just pulled that whole thing through uh, because this wind this morning was impressive. Impressive. I don't know about you, but in addition to the tire that's in my yard right now that I was too muddy to go get and take care of before we came to church, what else is in my yard? Probably in your yard too. Branches. Right? All the garbage. Hopefully not too much of your neighbor's garbage um, or your garbage. Um, But there's branches. There are all these broken branches that snapped off in the wind. They, They had no life in them to allow for flexibility. And so when the wind hit those branches, they snapped and went flying. So today, as we are looking at how do we have this fruit that brings glory to God and is a blessing to the people around us, how do we do that? The only way that that happens is when we abide. And we're going to go really unpack that idea of abiding. But before we do that, I want to go back to the, the uh, passage in Galatians that we're going to be in for the next while. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. If you're either doing that in your paper Bible or you're doing that in version, we'll have the verses up on the screen with the, uh, with the references. So if you're taking notes and I go too fast, they're, they're up there for you. Galatians Chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Who is producing the fruit? The Holy Spirit. It's not, but you produce this kind of fruit in your life. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I love that. I love that that last bit in, in verse 23. That if you are operating, if you are consistently choosing, if you are asking, Holy Spirit, help me to have these fruits in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If if I'm constantly asking God, God, let these things be a part of who I am and and what I do as a husband and as a father and as an employee, Lord, let that fruit be seen in my life. You'll not break a single law that's on the books. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus 
have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Being a follower of Christ means that we are setting aside what we want so that the Holy Spirit can have His way in our lives. So that He can bring about His fruit in our lives. So that we can, when we communicate to our family members, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our neighbors, that we are speaking life to them. And we're bringing glory to Him. The only way that that happens is if we abide in Him. Now, last week we talked about uh, the, the Dickerson black thumb. That uh, if you put a living thing that's not a human or an animal in our house, um, it is going to die. Uh, un- unless it's like, I think we've even been successful at killing cactuses. Um, cactuses, those little cute little succulent plants that you don't have to water, dead. Killed them. And so there was a recipe that we were doing around Thanksgiving that required fresh rosemary. And trying to find rosemary uh, in the grocery store is a challenge. And as we were going through and doing our shopping, I looked down and lo and behold, there was a live rosemary plant right there. I'm like, huh, there we go. And then all we have to do is, is water it and make sure that it gets sunshine and maybe you say a nice word to it. Uh, some people say that talking to your plants helps them. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, that Ed says it's true, so it's true. Um, and so we bought this beautiful little rosemary bush and put it in the sun. Probably no one talked to it. And I'm pretty sure it never got watered. Maybe it got watered. And this is not a... My wife was like, I am so embarrassed that you are bringing this to church. Um, Don't be. It's okay. There are things that we're really good at, and there are things that we are not so good at. Plants, not so good. And that's okay. Give all your plants to Ed. Ed will take care of them. (laughs) So I brought our our, uh, rosemary plant this morning um, as an example what it looks like when you don't abide. When you don't abide, when you don't continually uh, receive what the, the Holy Spirit wants to pour into your life, what will happen is you will dry up and you will die. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? In John... Chapter 15, this is what Jesus says to us. This is verses 1 through 8. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. So what he's setting up for us is this this idea of of a, a connection, illustration. And so he's communicating to his disciples and to us, that if you want to stay connected to Him, you, we, we need to understand that, that He's the grapevine and God the Father is the gardener. And all throughout, just a little, little while ago, Caleb 
used the, the, the parable, the metaphor that Jesus used, that Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. And he used a bunch of different metaphors to illustrate who he was. In, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, he said, I am the door. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 11, he calls himself the good shepherd. He's giving all of these different things to say, if you want to understand who I am, these are some ways that you can understand it. And then here in Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, 15, 1, he says that he is the vine. And what's interesting is that um, in coinage, uh, coins and, and it, if you were to pull out a quarter, there would be imagery on your quarter. And it used to be they were all the same, but now every quarter is different because we have a quarter for every state that kind of symbolizes that state, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure Washington's still on the face, right? Is his head still on the front? And then you flip it over and there's some imagery on the back. Same thing in, in Israel's time that on their coinage there would be symbols. And for the coinage that was used in Israel, the symbol that represented their nation was a vine. And and so he's saying, look, I am the vine. Now what what happens to grapevines? I don't know. I don't know that any of us here have ever uh, owned a vineyard. Anyone own a vineyard? Anyone ever have grape plants that you tried to grow? Okay? Any of you have grape plants that are running wild in your backyard choking out everything in existence in your backyard? Yep. Yep, right? Um, but he says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Verse 2, he says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes or he cleans the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. we don't stay connected, if we're not receiving from Him those nutrients that we need through His Word, through worship, through relationship with other believers, if we're not in fellowship and in connection, not just personally in our individual relationship with God at home Monday through Saturday, but, but through connection with brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the week, you will shrivel up and dry out. I, I, we have a friend who um, doesn't think that going to church is all that important. She loves Jesus and loves God, but she doesn't want to have anything to do with local church. And there are a lot of people that, that think that way. If you know anyone that says, that, you know, I, I believe in God, but I just don't believe in going to church. Um, what's interesting about that is we as the church are, are who to Jesus? We are the bride of Christ, right? So could you imagine, Paul, someone coming up to you and saying, you know, Paul, I love you. I would love to hang out with you, but I can't stand Maria. I don't want to have anything to do with her. How would that make you feel? You wouldn't like that, right? When someone says, I believe in God, but I don't want to have anything to do with 
his church, that's basically what you're saying. God, I love you, but your wife, she stinks. There is no concept anywhere in Scripture of a person being a follower of Jesus and not being connected in a local church. Anywhere in Scripture. We are made to be connected. We are made to be connected not just with Him and our own personal relationship with God, but we're made to be connected so that when we're weak, when we need attention, when we need help, when we need someone to come alongside us, we are connected to our brothers and sisters as we are connected to the vine. Verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Abiding. Remaining. Connecting. There are things that that we have control over in our walk with the Lord. Not that uh, we're not communicating in any way a system of works that you have to do something in order to earn your connection. Our connection through the Holy Spirit is guaranteed the moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ and invite Him to forgive our sins and to make us new. He he grafts us in. There's a a bunch of Scriptures that talk about how we, because I don't know about you, I don't think any of us in here this morning are Jewish. Right? So we are all what the Bible refers to as Gentiles. Which means before Christ we were out. There was really no easy way for us to find God. You could convert to Judaism and you could become, but that was the only way that you could be connected to God. But Jesus came and, and Paul, throughout the New Testament, is, is called to preach the gospel, the good news, to everyone, not just the Jewish people. And it uses the same metaphor that as Gentiles, we are grafted in to the vine. That we become part of what God is doing. That we've been grafted in. That, 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 that When we say grafted, the, sometimes we think about a skin graft where you take skin from one part of your body and you put it on an injured part of the body. But in, in um, losing the word, in planty things, uh, horticulture, I guess, biology, you can actually take a, a living thing and you can cut uh, in through the, the bark of, of a tree. This happens all the time. I was, it was fascinating to me when I was taking biology. You can actually take a, a stem off of a rose and cut a slit in the bark of an apple tree and put that rose in there, wrap it all up and keep it watered and protected, and that rose will actually begin to grow out of the apple tree. That's pretty amazing that, that it can do that. 
And, and we do all kinds of things to get new types and varieties of, of fruit to grow. Um, but it all has to do with remaining in Him. There's something else that happens that I found just absolutely fascinating when we're talking about abiding and remaining. That there are times in the, the course of the life of a, of a fruit tree that sometimes the tree forgets what it's supposed to do, and uh, a, a switch gets flipped in the tree, and it stops focusing on producing fruit, and it focuses all of its energy on wood and leaves. Now, sometimes that's because it's, it's in need of something, so it's making that adjustment. But when it does that, it focuses on just developing uh, stalk strength and producing leaves, and no fruit shows up. And so the gardener has to come in and do something called pruning. The gardener has to come in and has to snip off some of the dead branches. In some cases, they actually, it's, it's, it's extreme of, they, they come in with an axe and they, they cut uh, down low to the ground a, a, a pretty significant chunk into the bark that causes a, a, a wound in the tree but then because of that, that switch that got flipped to say grow wood and leaves gets unflipped and fruit comes out of that tree. Isn't that amazing? Um, I can't imagine I, that trees have nervous systems, that they feel pain. They're a living organism. Um, but when things are broken off, there's damage that's caused to the tree. And I know sometimes for us, we have those areas in our life where we have either neglected our walk with God or we have embraced some of that rotten fruit that we talked about last week and we have allowed the weeds and the junk and the garbage to pollute our lives and the fruit that's coming out of us is not the Holy Spirit's fruit. It's the enemy's fruit. And, and we have to invite the gardener to please come clip this junk off of me so that I can be more fruitful. So that I can bring your, your flavor and your aroma to the people that are in need around me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in him will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There is nothing for a broken off branch to do but wither and die. Verse 6, he says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse 7, But if you remain in Me and My words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That's an astounding command. Isn't it? Now here's the thing. It doesn't mean that if I go to church and I read my Bible and I pray every day that Jesus is this magic blue genie 
like in Aladdin and that anything I want, he'll just give me. I know, right? Oh, really? No. What it means is that when you abide, when you remain, when you are connected, when you are having the Holy Spirit's uh, energy and life refreshing you and filling you and helping you grow and helping you produce His fruit for His glory, you're not going to ask for anything that isn't going to bring glory to His name. And so when you pray, the answer is yes. Because you're praying in alignment with who He is and what He wants to see happen in your life. So if the question is, Lord, I'm praying for this loved one of mine to come to Christ, you know the answer to that prayer is always yes? Always. Because His desire is that none would be lost. If your prayer is, God, I need you to to bring healing and restoration to my marriage, do you know the answer to that prayer is always yes? Because He wants your marriage to be strong and healthy because it's a picture of His love for this world that through our relationships we show people what it looks like to be connected to the Father as the Bride of Christ. Amen? Verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are My true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. This morning, I just want to encourage you to remain, to abide. Maybe you're here today and you, you feel like you're dried out. That it's been a long time since you felt the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring that to you. Today, the answer to that prayer is yes. We have to reach out. We have to say, Jesus, I need you to help prune the junk that I've allowed onto my life. As as a branch connected to the vine, I've grafted in a bunch of stuff that should never have been grafted in. Whether those are choices or habits or thoughts, beliefs about who we are or who the people in our lives are. I've allowed that stuff to get connected to me and I need you to break it off. I need you to prune me. I need you to clean me. I know we've already had some time to to pray together both in communion and uh, at the end of worship. What, What I'd like us to do this morning as we close is I want to invite you to come on up front and snap off a piece of this dead vine as an act of obedience to say, Lord, I I identify with this. I, I feel dried up and I need you to help me abide. And uh, Justin's going to just play some music. We're just going to be quiet. And what I'd like you to do is uh, come on up, grab a, grab a broken piece of rosemary, and then this week, um, you're not going to be able to stick this back in the ground. This, this is dead. The only thing that this is good for is to be burned. Well, I suppose you could take the dry, take the, take the leaves off of it and you can add flavor to something. 
Well, what I want you to do maybe this week carefully uh, is um, find a way to just let this burn up. Take a lighter to it and, and, and burn it. Um, as an act of saying, Lord, I don't want there to be anything dead in my life. That I want you as you prune off the junk so that I can bear fruit. That I, I, I would just as a just an act of, of worship. Now again, we're not promoting uh, burning things in, in worship. Uh, please don't I, I don't need emails. Pastor Rob, you are promoting shamanism and witchcraft. I'm not. There's nothing magical about burning this piece of rosemary. Um it's a symbolic act to say, Lord, I don't want there to be anything that hinders me from producing fruit in my life. Does that make sense? Everybody understand? Awesome. We're going to take the next few moments to just be quiet. And, and as your act of worship, come up and say, Jesus, please prune me, clean me, refresh me, renew me. If you want to pray with someone, again, we'll, uh, the, the elders and our, and our wives are available to pray with you. Um, for anything if you want prayer specifically. But let's I'll pray and um, and invite you to come. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the true vine. And Lord, you have you have made us to be in connection with you. To receive strength, to receive life. Lord, I know that there's a bunch of us that are here this morning that we feel dried up. Like that connection with you has been slowly lessening and lessening. This morning as an act of worship, Lord, we want to say, help us to remain. Help us to abide. Help us to stay connected so that we don't dry up. Breathe new life into us. Power of your Holy Spirit.
Nare, let me add to my resume of how good I am. So Lord, produce your fruit in me so that I can be a blessing to my family, to my wife, to my husband, to my kids, to my job. Help me to bear fruit because I am connected and abiding and remaining with you. Amen. Amen.
good. Blessings. We wish you guys an amazing week. Uh, pray that this week that you would uh, experience His refreshing, that you would abide more than the dude abiding, that you would abide in Christ and allow Him to produce fruit in you. In Jesus' name. It's true.